Welcome to Training Unleashed, the show that will help you design and deliver training that's off the chain and will make a difference. Now, here's your host, Evan Hackle. Today, we are very fortunate to have with us Dan Black, who heads up client engagement at Total Training. Dan is a true professional in the area of training. Dan, please, if you wouldn't mind, give everyone a little feel for your background. Evan, thank you for that. And uh, it's real a pleasure to be here. Uh, I've been in the training and talent development and learning space, uh, probably just had a passion for it since I was a little kid and actually started a tutoring business in high school. But uh, from a professional perspective, uh, I really started the career professionally at Bank of America on the tech and ops side of things, building uh, gap assessments for all their technologists, uh, which transitioned me actually in an unusual turn of events uh, to the real estate industry. So I uh, started working for a real estate company and realized that there was a big gap between getting your real estate license and understanding how to really run uh, a real estate business. Uh, so started a training program there after I had uh, built, bought the company from the people that I was working for and, and built that organization up to about 63 agents and three offices here in Charlotte. So that transitioned into a career uh, going around the country and teaching brokers and agents uh, the information that I was already teaching my agents. Uh, and then was fortunate enough after about uh, two or three years of, of being out there and, and learning in the community to uh, connect with uh, Cordell and yourself here at Tortle and been here for three years ever since. I know this and you know this, but our, our saying, our, our sort of our mission is to make effective training easier. And I think one of the most important keys to training is effective training. So what does it mean when we say make effective training easier? So when we make effective training easy, we start with two questions. Who is your learner, the audience, you know, who are you going to try and communicate with? And what do you want them to be able to do when they're done with this information? And so that addresses two things. First of all, the type of learner that you're going to be dealing with, which can oftentimes be varied, but also typically has some trends and the way different, you know, people learn the same but the way they take and process information can be a little bit different. Uh, and it can vary by age, uh, area of the country, type of profession that they're in. Uh, and then what they're trying to accomplish speaks to the leadership team of the organization. Because typically someone in training is going to be held accountable for a budget. And when organizations spend money on budget, they want to make sure that that training is actually moving the needle somewhere inside of the organization. We have another saying here at Total Training, which is we want to be the, tra the, the uh, <laughs> champions of training. And part of who and what we are as a culture is to openly share. So what I'd like you to do right now, Dan, is to, is to share the secret sauce. Talk about how do we actually go and help organizations define what they need so they're focusing on the right things, matching up the right kind of training, you know, just, you know, we have a lot of training professionals here, a lot of people that could be greatly, in, could do their jobs in a much more effective way if we shared with them the process we go through. I think that probably the first secret sauce is, you know, not to get stuck in the training space. Uh, I think our good friend Jeffrey Gittimer said it best, you know, get out of your own head uh, and get out of your own space. Uh, I spend a lot of time uh, looking into different organizations, ISPI, 
uh, SHRM, Society for Human Resource Management, uh, Hackerspace, which is a tech startup. Uh, there's an innovation and creativity group here, business innovation uh, and growth. Uh, so getting out of just strictly the training space and training methodologies, I think, is lends to the secret sauce significantly. Uh, and then being involved in your own industry as well. Um, coming off of a year as the president for the Association for Talent Development here in Charlotte, uh, and now the past president, and been involved with that board in a leadership position for five or six years, and just learning from the other professionals uh, in that environment has has really changed the course of, of how I approach or how I tackle certain problems. Uh, it just adds more and more tools to your toolkit. And as far as our secret sauce is concerned, there's, it's really never stop improving, uh, but don't get stuck in analysis paralysis. Go out there and um, we take a little bit from the startup world. We fail early, we fail often. Uh, so we'll get out there and we'll try something. And if it works, great. Uh, and if, it doesn't work, we make an adjustment and go forward from there. So I would say part of the secret sauce is getting out of your head. Um, and then the other part is don't try to develop it all at once. Uh, there's an entire movement in our industry where we're moving to more of a rapid curriculum design, the successive approximation model. And we're moving away from all of these uh, methodologies that have been around for a while but with the advent of technology and tools, um, we can approach the same problems in a different manner. Can you, can you share some examples? Video training right now is just a massive uh, organization. Largest video-based training platform in the world is YouTube. Uh, if it isn't on YouTube, uh, chances are it can't be taught. And YouTube is great for learning certain types of things and for a self-motivated learner who's out there and they want to, for instance, like my six-year-old making a rainbow loom, the star pattern, um, or when I had to take care of my neighbor's pool, and I just YouTubed how to take care of a pool, and sure enough, there was a nice gen out there teaching me how to do it, and I watched the YouTube and rewound it step by step. Um, so video-based training can be an extremely powerful tool, but at the end of the day, it's, it's not right for everything. Uh, so you have to look at how often does the information change? Where is the information going to be accessed? Who's going to be accessing the information? When are they going to need the information? Uh, and so video-based training has a time, it has a place, but if your information is going to change on a quarterly basis, you don't want to build video-based training. Training Unleashed is brought to you by Tortal Training, specializing in e-learning and interactive online training solutions for corporate, government, nonprofit, and franchise organizations. Tortal makes effective training easier. Just go to Tortal.net to gain access to real-world tools that can make a difference. That's Tortal.net. T-O-R-T-A-L. Tortal.net. Can you talk a little bit about the DACOM process, what a DACOM is, and why they're critical? The DACOM process has been around for a long time. Uh, the process we use is more of what's called a rapid curriculum design process, but it is based uh, on the DACOM process, which has been around since the 1980s. Uh, and the nuts and bolts of the process is that you are identifying a body of knowledge that an individual needs to know in order to uh, educate them, uh, you know, the third step in learning. There's training, here's what you need to do to do a process. There's learning, here's some information that I can give you that you can apply to multiple situations. And then there's education, here's mastering of an environment or a role. 
So in that uh, higher learning, it was really used in colleges and secondary schools, was to define those curriculums. We've added some other elements to the process going back to, you know, things that we've seen and grabbed in other spaces. So there's empathy mapping, uh, where you really start to understand who your learner is uh, and the type of information that they know. Uh, and so there's two exercises that we take from the marketing space uh, where we're really scoping out and understanding who our learner is. Uh, and then a piece from the DACOM process, which is the duty task or competency task matrix, where we define what are the things that the individual has top of mind day in and day out in, in their role? And then what are the tasks that they need in order to accomplish it? And we typically stay away from things like, uh, you know, leadership and, um, you know, management and more of those higher level concepts. And we get really down into the nuts and bolts of what's the information that the individual needs to master in order to be a peak performance. And then with an organization, we can actually source all of that or in some learning environments, it's called a gap analysis. We understand what information exists. Uh, currently, it's documented either in a PowerPoint or a procedure manual or uh, some form of information. But then also, what's institutional knowledge? For instance, this information exists only in Evan's head. And we call that a gap, but we actually source it. And so we understand what's the tribal knowledge that's being passed back and forth uh, inside of the organization is never really being documented and also may not be being delivered with any level of consistency. Uh, and if it's really critical, then it's important that the consistency is, uh, is there. So what's the tribal knowledge? What's the institutional knowledge? What's the knowledge that just doesn't exist because uh, the organization's never really recognized it as important to teach somebody? Uh, and then after that, we understand impact to their performance. So we use a criticality matrix, a rubric um, from agile learning methodologies that uh, helps the audience assess the criticality. But then we also give each of the elements a weighted value because we need to understand how frequently, how frequently is the learner performing that particular task? You know, is this something that's happening multiple times a day? Is this something that's happening quarterly? Because um, obviously that's going to impact how important it is for the learner to know and be able to master that task early. And then we're also understanding how frequently the information changes. So uh, there's also a rubric for that as well, where you, where you really weight it. And then you get a weighted value. And then the organization really starts to understand not only what information they have, but what information needs to be created. And then after that, what is the best information to teach the learner first based on their experience coming into the role? Uh, and then also, what's the delivery channel? We, we'd like to call it the four rights of training. You're delivering the right information to the right person at the right time through the right medium. The most common scenario that we run into is an organization that has been around for a long time. Uh, you know, so over 40 or 50 years, and it's not like they haven't been doing training for 40 or 50 years. They've probably amassed a massive amount of training. Uh, with one organization, I think we found 467 different training documents uh, for one of the tasks that we documented. There was actually seven different ways that they were teaching it, um, all the same task. So for the organization that's been around for a long time, the process is beneficial because they can map what their current environment looks like. And that's probably a critical point here is that the folks that are in the room aren't the people who think they need, they know what the learner needs. 
this is where we take uh, um, a technique from innovation and creativity. We didn't understand the reality of the situation. So we have business matter experts in the room, people who are doing the job, you know, yesterday or the day before, and they're doing it well. And we try to have a diversity of perspectives, maybe someone who's a top performer in the role and they're new, someone who's been there a while, and then that person that everybody in the organization goes to because they know everything. They've probably forgotten more about the role than most people have learned. Um, so, you know, that being said, once you, once you have that, uh, those type of folks in the room, you really get a good flavor for the information. Uh, that you're going to be extrapolating from. There's always, there's always typically some surprises. So in the older organization, we can validate what information is still important, map it to mature content that they already have, so they're not recreating the wheel yet again, um, and then also identify those critical gaps so the organization can fill them. And typically an organization that's been around for a long time has been doing something for so long they haven't really considered doing it a different way. We're so glad you're listening to this episode of Training Unleashed, brought to you by Tortal Training. The difference between Tortal Training and other online training companies is we're primarily a training company with technology, rather than a technology company that does training. Want to find out more? Just go to Tortal.net. That's T-O-R-T-A-L, Tortal.net. How do organizations determine whether or not they want to do training inside or outside or a combination of both? I know that's a loaded question because we're obviously in the business of providing training services to companies. But, you know, from your experience, uh, how would a company identify what they're looking to do and how they're looking to do it? Yeah, and that, and that answer varies from organization to organization, obviously. Um, you know, for some organizations, uh, our team are, are fractional chief learning officers for those organizations. Uh, and we report to someone uh, inside of operations or inside of HR, and we essentially perform the function of their entire training department. And these are organizations that have decided they want to focus on their business uh, and making their business better, and that they, they want that to be their primary focus. They don't necessarily want to go through uh, the time and the trouble of recruiting the level of talent, uh, not only that exists on the team, but also in our production environment. Uh, and, and they know the pains that come along with recruiting folks in this space and the cost that comes along with recruiting folks in this space. And then also the cost that comes along with maintaining a staff in this space. Uh, and they're at a point in their revenue or in their business growth where it makes more sense uh, to allow an organization to handle this function for them. Uh, and then the second part is, you know, we have internal staff. We're of a size that we have internal staff that are driving maybe the strategy uh, of this entire function. You know, they're looking at the learning and development, the succession planning, the onboarding. Uh, they've got some higher-end tools, but these internal staff don't necessarily want to hire a team of production folks. And so that staff will outsource their production, which makes a lot of sense because keeping an internal staff up to date on, you know, the tools that are available uh, it can just be really time-consuming and expensive for an organization. And sometimes it's just not the best use of their resources. 
Um, and so for a lot of folks, you know, our team is about helping them understand what the possibilities are. So, you know, yes, here's what you're trying to accomplish. And I know you came to us and you said you wanted sales training, but why don't you let our organization go and watch some of your top performers to see if it's really sales training that you need. And lo and behold, it wasn't really sales training. It was really just a procedural or a process training. Those top performers were doing some critical things that just made them more effective in their job. Every single one in their organization who was a customer service rep was a, had good communication, good sales skills. What they didn't have were those little tips and tricks of the trade that made these folks that much more effective from a process perspective. Uh, so we help that individual who's maybe controlling a function, you know, not only do the right thing, but then also provide them with the temporary bandwidth that they need in order to get it done. Whether it's, you know, instructor-led design and development, video production, uh, can be extremely expensive and it's tough to do well. Um, so evaluating whether or not that is done internally or if it's a customer facing uh, type of solution, if you're doing some form of educational marketing, you know, you want to have your production a little bit higher than uh, a YouTube video, uh, depending on what sort of business you're in. So it's extra bandwidth uh, for those folks. And for a lot of folks, we're really just a resource because we do partner with so many other thought leaders in this space. Um, because of the varying levels of projects that we get. Uh, a lot of my calls are, you know, hey, Dan, do you know a person who does X, X, or X? And chances are, you know, I'm going to know somebody who does that. So let's uh, quickly shift gears here, and let's talk a little bit about e-learning itself and sort of what are kind of the best-in-class people doing who are doing e-learning, um, how does gameplay enter into that, and... Um, you know, sort of the key things that you're seeing for effective e-learning? The medium tends to matter a little bit less. It's not irrelevant uh, versus the design. So when we're doing uh, an e-learning, we're really focused on the design and we're engaging the learner. And there's some critical components there, uh, some rules that we're really just trying to follow. The first rule uh, addresses that cognitive load a theory where you can only teach somebody so much in a given period of time. So, I mean, we've all sat through that page turner, that PowerPoint with the voiceover that's 45 minutes long, or that the learner reads and they just hit the next button, next button, next button. And up until seven years ago, or even four years ago, you know, those were the limitations of the, it wasn't limitations of the technology, it was just really expensive to get anything more engaging than that whereas costs for development have come down significantly. And now there's instructional designers who um, are really doing some brilliant work designing, engaging e-learning, which, you know, first of all is chunked into smaller pieces of information. Uh, think of it like going around traffic. You, you may get there at the same time, but you're moving, so your mind thinks there's progress. So you're better off having four segregated e-learning objects inside of a course of a learning management system than you are having one 45-minute lesson. Uh, we're also, you know, doing what, you know, we attack through all the modalities and the modalities are how people absorb information. So I'm reading, I'm seeing things visually, I'm hearing them reinforced, uh, and then I am interacting di digital kinesically. So I'm, I'm pointing, I'm clicking, I'm dragging, I'm dropping, and I'm having to think about things. Uh, and typically we're trying to make sure that the learner is having some sort of interaction on the screen, pointing, clicking, hitting all three of those uh, every 37 seconds. 
so that there really isn't a lot of time for them to, you know, get distracted or sit back or think about why am I doing this? Um, we, we just want to have them involved in that. And then there's a lot of, you know, just games that you can play. Um, for us, we try to simplify games. And I, my personal belief, uh, based on a webinar that, that we did where we made our own game in less than 45 minutes and everybody thought it was great. And, and to, to my knowledge, some people are still using the game that we designed. Uh, you know, games have rules. Uh, games have uh, a, an end game, a goal. Uh, games typically have some sort of story that goes along with them. Uh, and, and then there's also risk and reward. So the elements of, of gaming are still being talked about right now as, as the industry starts to focus on, uh, you know, in, incorporating games into your learning. But this, this sort of concept's been around forever and a day. Uh, you know, the first game I think is on record in a business one is where Charles Schwab was trying to get his steel mill to perform more. And all he did was take a piece of chalk and draw a four on the ground. And when the night shift came in, the night shift said, what's the four for? And he said, that's how many units the day crew, per, you know, turned out. And, and they said, well, we can do more than four. So in the morning, the day crew saw a five on the floor. And they're like, what's the five for? Like, that's how many units the night crew did. And back and forth and back and forth it went until that was the top producing, you, that was the top producing site in, in his arsenal. And it's that simple game. It's, it's, there's competition. And you go back and forth. It's a human nature thing. So, yeah, I don't think it was Charles Schwab, but I, I have heard the story, and I believe it to be true. And, and it's a great story. Dan, let's talk about personal development. Um, I admire you a lot, and, and you're one of the most knowledgeable people I know in the area of training. What advice would you give to somebody that says, you know, I want to improve my skills? What would you... You know, are there books to read, organizations to join, maybe a combination thereof? What are the things for personal development advice would you give people? I always tell folks, it's get away from saying training because training comes with a certain amount of, um, I don't know, just baggage. And no one wakes, not a lot of people wake up in the morning excited for a, a day of training. Uh, and so, you know, I move it to, you know, be a talent developer. Um, at the at the most recent conference uh, that we were at, I think at IFA, it wasn't about being um, the person out in front leading the charge. It was about having the mindset of a gardener that you're you're growing these individuals and and you're making them better. Uh, so I think that's the first part is understand that that you're in the talent development industry, and then after that, be a part of that industry as as a lifelong learner. Um, it doesn't matter what industry you're in. If you're not constantly improving yourself, uh, your skills are going to stagnate and become obsolete. And so that also requires maybe getting a little bit out of the box. So not only, you know, read all the seminal books, but. Um, what you know, what are the seminal books? Yeah, sure. So telling a training is out there. Um, you know, the new book, leaving Addy for Sam, the success of the approximation model. Uh, you know, these are some books that are going to really help you uh, in your career. But then I would also look to some other books. So look at Chip and Dan Key's book, Made to Stick. Uh, you know, that's all about making messages sticky. And if you are hearing a lot about the storytelling component uh, in, that's in training right now, uh, Chip and Dan Heath wrote that book for the storytelling component from a marketing perspective and how to move things inside of an organization. Uh, I'm a big fan of Daniel Pink's, uh, you know, repackaging uh, of To Sell as Human. You know, that'll help you 
uh, as an individual sell your organization on why it's good to do something. It's, it's a spot that we fail in a lot from an industry perspective. Uh, it, you, if you read those four books, you'd be pretty well armed. And, and then after that, it'll probably just blossom from there because all four of those books will lead to different things inside of an organization. Well, I want to thank everyone for taking your time today to listen and participate. I want to thank Dan for, I would say, you know, really, truly great and high-quality content. Appreciate it, and everyone have a great day. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for the opportunity, Evan. This has been Training Unleashed, but it doesn't stop here. Just go to trainingunleashed.net to subscribe to the show. That way, you'll never miss an episode, and you'll be well on your way to delivering training programs that are off the chain. We'll talk to you next time on Training Unleashed. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.